Welcome back to the Crowd Noise Podcast, everyone. I am your host, Stephen Martinez, on a cool and comfortable Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. It's the second Wednesday episode in a row, and I did that again this week. Now, we normally have episodes every single Thursday, as most of you, I'm sure, are aware, but we did it on Wednesday last week, because last week on Thursday was the beginning of the tournament, March Madness, and there was no way I was going to miss that. There was no way I was going to record and put out an episode on Thursday when there was games going on. Uh, So we did it on Wednesday last week, and we're doing it again Wednesday this week, today, because tomorrow is opening day in baseball, and there's games on all day long, just like there were last week in basketball. And the March Madness tournament resumes tomorrow as well, the Sweet 16. Those games start at around 5. I think the earliest games start like 5 or uh, 4 Pacific time. 7 Eastern. They start 7 Eastern. Um, so they're, they're a little bit later than last week. Last week they started like at 10 in the morning, uh, which was nice. But uh, now you get to watch all the games. You know, if you're, if you're at work or you're in school class, whatever you're doing, I'm sure you're busy. You get to come home and watch those games in prime time. Uh, and they're not just the Sweet 16 games. It's uh, the Sweet 16 Thursday to Friday. And then the Elite Eight Saturday to Sunday. So it's another full weekend of basketball. Um so we, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff going on this weekend, so that's why it's another Wednesday edition of the show. I'm assuming we're going to get back to Thursday episodes probably next week. Um, I didn't anticipate MLB opening day coming up this quick. I mean, it's like, it's ridiculous that baseball is starting in like, in, in March. It should be starting in April, like the first or second week of April. I mean, it's it's still snowing in cities like Chicago and New York and Colorado it's 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 ridiculous that the MLB season uh, is opening up this early so I wasn't ready I'm going to be quite honest with you I was not ready for we haven't done any baseball uh topics this whole offseason except for the Bryce Harper signing because I mean that was like that was pretty mandatory um but other than that I mean I haven't I've been um I was under the assumption that it's just a few weeks away you know it, we're, we're, it's further than you think and it came up out of nowhere all of a sudden opening day is here tomorrow so we're going to be doing a bunch of baseball on the show today uh the second half of the show we're going to be picking uh division winners uh playoff predictions and then uh, we're going to be picking our world series matchup and then a world series uh winner which i'm sure will probably be uh pretty inaccurate by the time uh, october rolls around but uh you know we gotta we gotta fill up the show with something uh but first college basketball resumes tomorrow night um and it's been a really lackluster tournament i kind of needed a break to be quite honest with you i watched all the games from thursday to sunday my buddy ben babadook uh, a great contributor of the show or to the show uh, we watched the games together and we kind of both felt like we were missing out there was something left to be desired. Something to be left desired. How do you say it? something left to be desired? It wasn't very good. To, I mean, whether, uh, bottom line, the tournament was not very good. And the, the first two rounds are usually the best. Those are usually the most entertaining because that's where all the upsets are going on. The I mean, buzzer beaters, close games. And it, this had none of that. Now, I don't know if it's so much of a hangover from last year where you had Buffalo over Arizona, you had UMBC over Virginia, but I mean, there was nothing and there's only one, and I'm using air quotes here, Cinderella team left in the tournament. Uh, It's a 12 seed 
And it's a, a small school who has the headquarters to a multi-billion dollar company called Nike. The school is the University of Oregon. Some of you may or may not have ever heard of that school. They're very true to the term Cinderella story. Uh, I'm being sarcastic here. Everyone, there, there's two brackets, uh, the East and the West. Both have one through four seeds. The East has number one, Duke. Number four, Virginia Tech. Number two, Michigan State. And number three, LSU. That's like a, that's literally chalk. That's the definition of a chalk bracket. Then you go down to the West. It's the same exact thing. You have one Gonzaga and four Florida State, and then you have three Texas Tech and two Michigan. And then, the, like I said, the, the worst seed still left in the tournament is a twelve. And then the next, the next worst seed after that is a five. So this tournament has had, I mean, no, it has. It really hasn't had anything. There hasn't been any good shockers. There were zero upsets. Um, the upsets that did occur, occur uh, the upsets that did occur, I added a second O there. The upsets that did occur were like, you know, they were to be expected. Like uh, the Oregon over Wisconsin, which I actually did have in my god-awful bracket. Um, UC Irvine over Kansas State, that one's not a, a huge upset, I would say. We didn't get a 2 or a 15 or a 14 over a 3. Uh, it really didn't have anything. And... Even the games that we did get weren't engaging. They weren't terribly exciting. I mean, I didn't expect, obviously, uh, the ones in the 16s to be tightly contested or entertaining. But even those games were just boring. It was really disappointing that first weekend of the tournament because there wasn't a single entertaining game. There wasn't one game that I can remember from that first round, Thursday and Friday, that was like, that I was really entertained by that I was just like I felt like this is March Madness. There wasn't one. I guess you could say the Auburn uh, NMSU game. That was that was a pretty close game. I guess that was it, and that was the best of the bunch. And that wasn't even a really uh, entertaining game to begin with. But the best game of the tournament so far came in the second round. Um, it was Duke and UCF, a game that I said you know and I'm not. Let me get this out of the way. Yes, my bracket is terrible. I know. I've seen it. Not only is it not a good bracket, it just so happens it's the worst bracket I have ever made in my history of making brackets. I mean, what luck do I have that the one year I I have a podcast during March Madness and I get to share my bracket, it's the worst one I've ever made. But you may recall, I did say last week, the one team... That as far as matchups go is the worst possible nightmare for the Duke Blue Devils was the UCF Knights, specifically because of one Taco Fall. He's seven six. He's a freak of nature. He's the definition of a freak of nature. Uh, he just disrupts and disrupted everything that Duke wanted to do. Duke is not a three point shooting team. They're not. Uh, well, they're not a good shooting shooting team, period. They like to drive to the rim. They like to make rim cuts. They like to throw alley-oops to Zion and uh, you know R.J. Barrett from in short corner, back door. And they couldn't do any of that. They could not drive the lane. When, you, when Taco Fall was on the floor, you could see the impact that he had on the game. And then once he, once he uh, went to the bench, whether it was because of foul trouble or because of rest, Duke started making their runs and they started taking control. They brought Taco Fall back in the game and it was a whole new set of problems for Duke all over again. They couldn't score on UCF and they could not defend him. They were double teaming him and he was just turning around and putting the ball through the rim without even jumping. It was it was ridiculous. That was a good game. Uh, and it wasn't even, I would say, a classic. It was an entertaining game. That was like standard March. If you ask me, 
what a standard game in March should look like. It should look like that. Tightly contested. Um, there was great plays. There was dunks. I mean, there were stars in the game. Taco Falls, Zion Williamson, both stars in college basketball. Uh, and we very nearly got an upset win. UCF should have won that game, quite honestly. Um, I don't think they won because Taco Fall fouled out of the game. I think that was a blessing in disguise for UCF because Taco Fall is probably one of the worst free throw shooters I've ever seen in my life. He, he is horrendous. He does a lot of good. Th- he does a lot of things great, but he is not a good free throw shooter. Uh, if he hadn't fouled out of the game, uh, if I was if I was Duke, I would have fouled Taco Fall while I was leading the game. If I had a lead, I would foul Taco Fall. That's how bad he is at the free throw line. So you kind of eliminated that option for Duke. They had to play defense straight up. Uh, which they're good at. They are a very good defensive team, but you kind of uh, you forced them to play defense. And uh, UCF got two great looks at the basket. Uh, Aubrey Dawkins, uh, yeah, Aubrey Dawkins, the son of Johnny Dawkins, a coach, had like a wide open putback layup that would roll that touched every single part of the rim except the net, and it falls out, and then Duke wins the game. It was unbelievable. Um, and I kind of, I mean, they won the game. They got a rebound at the end when Zion missed his free throw. Uh, R.J. Barrett was the one who got the uh, the rebound and the putback, and they got a stop when they needed to at the very end. Um, but exactly what I knew Duke was, they proved they proved to me we are, they are who we thought they were. They're not very good at shooting free throws, which you can make fun of me all you want. That is a vital part of March Madness and closing out games. The reason R.J. Barrett got that rebound in the first place is because Zion Williamson missed a free throw. He had an opportunity to get an and one bucket. That was a Taco Fall's last foul, which was not a, a terrible foul um, when you think of it because, I mean, Zion's going down the court. They were, they were leading by three at that point. Um, it would have served Taco Fall better to foul Zion Williamson intentionally and force him to shoot two free throws instead of getting an and one. It would have served him better, quite honestly, to just let him dunk. But I understand, you know, he wanted to make a, a defensive stand. You don't want to just let a guy dunk on you or just give a free pass to the basket. So I get why he fouled and he defended. But he should have fouled hard enough to where Zion didn't make the shot and get an opportunity for an and one. He should have fouled him to the... Um, but he did He didn't foul him hard enough. Uh, Zion finished it. He got the uh, he got the bucket and then they gave him an and one free throw. And he missed the free throw. And I'm telling you, that's going to come back to bite Duke somewhere down the road. You have to make free throws to close out games. Um... And UCF, again, the UCF still had an opportunity to win the game at that point. Um, taking Taco Fall out of the game, I think, was a blessing in disguise, like I said, um, because you couldn't foul him. You couldn't foul anyone on the court at that point, you know, intentionally put them on the line. Because they were only up one at that point, I believe, uh, was Duke. Yeah, the final score was 77-76. I would have fouled Taco Fall and dared him to beat us with two free throws. I really would have. That's how bad he, he is at the free throw line. So I think him leaving the game was actually a good thing. Uh, but Duke ends up... Uh, narrowly squeaking away from UCF. But that was the best game of the whole weekend. And it was, it was a good game, but it wasn't a great game. You know, I, we were, I was waiting all weekend long for a huge upset. If UCF had won the game, I think that would have elevated it a little bit more because you're getting a huge upset of like the, the favorite uh, championship pick. But, you know, they survived. So we, really, we kind of were left, you know, hungry for more. And uh, I'm going to kind of take a second crack at the bracket. You know, from this point forward, Sweet 16 on, I will say my bracket was terrible. I mean, I think it's like 30% accurate or something like that. It was just just the worst. But all four of my final four teams are still alive. 
So, I mean, there's that. There's something to be proud of. You know, there's always something to be positive about. So I'm going to stick with those teams. I'm sticking with Texas Tech. I'm sticking with definitely with North Carolina, sticking with Virginia, and I am sticking with Virginia Tech. The one wild card uh, in my bracket, actually, the team that I thought had the most chance of losing in the first round, out of all my Final Four teams, Virginia Tech was the most, I was the most hesitant on because I felt they could lose in the first round and I have them in my Final Four, but but since they made it that far, I'm sticking with them. I think they will beat Duke this weekend. They play the 29th, which is Friday. That's not tomorrow. They play Friday at 9.30 Eastern. I think Virginia Tech can beat Duke. I really do. Uh, Duke's going to be a lot better than they were last week because they kind of got woken up by uh, UCF. That should be a wake-up call for them. But I still I have to stick with Virginia Tech because they've made it this far. And from what I've seen from Duke, if it comes down to shooting free throws, if it's a close game, they're going to lose the game because they cannot make free throws. Um, their best player, Zion Williamson, he has the ball... 80% of the time. So he's more likely to be fouled. It's, it's just common sense. And if you put him on the free throw line, he's already shown you know, he, he's shaky. He's not terrible. He's not Lonzo Ball or Taco Fall, but he's not great. He's not automatic. You're not you know, putting your hands behind your head. We got this. It's game's over. He's going to make you worry about it uh, if he's at the free throw line, if you're Duke. I'm going to stick with Virginia Tech over Duke. Uh, LSU and Michigan State. I think this is as far as LSU is going to get. Um, man, they barely beat Yale. They were disrespecting Yale. I mean, that game was it was insane. I did pick Yale in the upset, and Yale kind of made it respectable, but they did end up losing. They were down 19 at one point, and then I looked at the top. If you watch March Madness, the top of the screen, they have all the scores going on on different channels. All of a sudden, I looked up, and then Yale was down too. I couldn't, I was like, what the heck just happened? They were down 19, and then I, I changed the channel. I said, this game's over, and I started watching another game. I looked back up, and they were down two. I couldn't believe it. They came back, and they made it a game. They ended up losing by five. It was 79-74. And then LSU barely beat Maryland. Uh, Michigan State has been handling teams. Uh, I'll take the Spartans, uh, and they'll end up meeting the Hokie Birds in the Elite Eight. Uh, then going down to the West, Gonzaga and Florida State. I think Gonzaga's going to win. They've also been dismantling teams. Uh, I'll take Gonzaga over Florida State. Uh, and now I'm just going straight chalk. Well, I mean, except for this game right here, I guess. Uh, Texas Tech and Michigan. I have to stick with the Red Raiders. They beat Buffalo by 20 points. Uh, and then they beat Northern Kentucky. I mean, Northern Kentucky's not very good. But they beat them by 20-plus 20, 20 points. They've been rolling through the tournament. Uh I like I like the Red Raiders. They haven't shown me any reason to bail on them yet. So all my Final Four teams, I'm still sticking with them to make the Final Four because they haven't shown me any signs, uh, you know, that I should be worried or I should have any kind of doubt. Um, North Carolina, the same thing. They were they had a kind of a tough game against Iona. That game was close in the beginning, the first half, and then they ended up pulling away. And then they responded with like almost a 30 point victory over Washington. That score was 81-59. I mean, they just beat up the Huskies. So they kind of they kind of tweak things a little bit. Uh they play the Auburn Tigers who are playing really well, but I'm sticking with North Carolina. I mean, I don't even know why I'm I'm going through this bracket because it's basically the same picks um that I already had because I'm staying with my final four and my national champion. I'm still picking the Tar Heels. So I'm really not changing much. Uh there's a there's a second chance bracket on ESPN. If you go to your tournament challenge app, there should be an option to make a second chance bracket. And what that is, is you make your bracket from the Sweet 16 on, you make your picks, and you try try to make yourself feel better. I don't think I'm going to do that because, again, most of my, even though this bracket is, like I said, my bracket was the worst I've ever made, 
Somehow all the teams that I had going to the Final Four are alive still. So there's really not much incentive for me to make a new bracket. Um, and I'm not going, I mean, I'm kind of going through this because, you know, we, we have to talk about something. We got to burn some time here. Uh, in the South region, Virginia and Oregon, that's a game I'm going to want to watch. Out of all these games here, that's a game that I actually want to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Oregon has been fantastic. I mean, they're on like, a, I think a nine game or a 10 game winning streak currently and they've been they've been blowing out teams they beat wisconsin by 18 points it was 54 72 then they turn around they beat uc irvine 73 54 uh and that game should have been that score should have been even wider because i think uc irvine got a bucket or two in garbage time uh but they play the cavaliers they play the virginia cavaliers who were uh i mean they were really close to making it another one versus 16 seed upset they were down by i think 15 against Gardner. I mean, maybe not that much, but they were down and they were playing really, really tight. You could tell that they were thinking about last year in the back of their head, but they ended up pulling away and taking care of that game. Uh, they beat Oklahoma. I like the Oregon Ducks. I like Dana Altman, Peyton, Peyton Pritchard. They're red hot right now. Uh, they play similarly, similarly to Virginia. They're a very good defensive team, um, and but they're more consistent offensively. I would say Virginia obviously is better defensively. Um, but Oregon is more consistent off. They're very similar. They're very similar to each other. They're both defense first, but uh, I would say Virginia is a better defensive team than Oregon slightly, and Oregon is a more consistent offensive team than Virginia. Something has got to give, but I, I can't see. It's really tough. I want Oregon to win this game. If I had a rooting interest, I would, I would say I, I'm rooting for the Ducks, but I'm going to take Virginia because, again, they're in my final four. I can't bail on them now, even though Oregon has just blown out everyone. I mean, looking at these two, looking at these two games in the tournament so far, and even back to the Pac-12 tournament, they they demolished Washington. They beat them by like 25 points or something like that. They beat them bad. So they've they've had a streak of just blowout games. Uh, not to say that they can't handle close games, but I think if it's a close game, that comes as kind of a shock a little bit when you've had so many blowouts in a row. Uh, I'm gonna take Virginia. I want to pick Oregon. But my head just is, keeps telling me not, not to go against Virginia just yet. So I'm taking the who's in that one. And then the last game in the Sweet 16, Purdue and Tennessee. Now, this is the most boring game, I think. You know, Tennessee and Purdue are both boring and uninteresting teams. I guess I'm taking Tennessee because they have Admiral Schofield. Um, you know, they're a veteran team, and they've been playing really well uh, as of late. Also, like... Uh, I was going to say like the rest of the teams. But obviously, if the teams are still playing, they've won the last two games. So they're, they must be playing well. Um, but I'm taking Tennessee just because uh, I'm not a big fan of the Big, the big Ten. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to watch this game. So I, I can't tell you much about it. I'm not going to. This game's going to be beyond boring. The games that I'm looking forward to, I'll be honest with you. Duke, Virginia Tech, because, I mean, it's Duke. you got to tune in. And I have a big investment in that game because I have, I'm picking Virginia Tech to upset Duke. Even though I'm a little bit more doubtful on this one because Duke was in such a close game I feel like you're going to get the best version of, the, of Duke because they're going to be so focused they're not going to want to get into another close game but I'm sticking with Virginia Tech uh that game is going to be great Virginia and Oregon I want to watch um what other games are there oh Houston Kentucky did I pick that game I didn't um Houston Kentucky that's going to be a really good game too that's another one. that's a third game that I really really want to watch uh Houston's been playing really well as my friend Ben is constantly reminding me about um, every, I mean, every single game is like, have you seen Houston? Houston's really great. Houston's the best team in the country. 
He didn't go that far, but he just keeps drilling home Houston. They have been playing well. I'm looking at the scores right now. They beat Georgia State by 30 points, and then they beat Ohio State by 20 points. Um, but Kentucky, they have the pedigree, and they have, I think, the better team. They have Reed Travis. P.J. Washington uh, posted a video of himself walking without a boot this morning, and they play on Friday, meaning he gets an extra day. They're not playing tomorrow. He'll get an extra day off uh, of rest. I'm going to take Kentucky in that one. So sorry, Ben Babadook. Uh, I'm going to have to go against the Houston Cougars. But that's going to be a good game. I want to watch that game. Uh, definitely interesting. And then Texas Tech and Michigan. So I can't really say all these games are going to be boring. But we haven't. Maybe this is the round. Maybe this is the round where we see really highly contested, fast-paced, competitive games. Um, because to this point, there's only been one. There's only been one interesting game all tournament. It was Duke-UCF. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from Duke. You know, they won the game, but I feel like UCF probably could have handled things a little bit differently. But hindsight is 2020. Duke won the game. They deserve to win, and they are the better team. I mean, there's no, no doubt about that. Um, but I'm going to take Virginia Tech to beat them this week. And I'm hoping that the games this week uh, in college basketball in the Sweet 16, and in the weekend you have the Elite Eight. And I'm not even going to go as far as to pick those games either because, like I said, there's really I'm basically going to be picking the same teams. That's how stubborn I am. This is the worst bracket I've ever made, and I'm really not making that too many differences because or too many changes because my Final Four is going to remain the same no matter what. So I'm not going to waste your time, and I'm not going to waste mine, essentially picking the same bracket over again. Um, but I hope these games are much more entertaining. Uh, and we'll have all weekend. We'll have all weekend, Thursday to Sunday, again, nonstop basketball. Um, and then the Final Four is on April 6th. So we'll have to wait again until I think the next Thursday. Yes. So today, tomorrow is the 28th. That's a Thursday. And it'll go from the ter- Thursday the 28th to Sunday the 31st. It'll pick up again on Saturday the 6th. That's the final four. And the national championship is on a Monday, April 8th, which I think is stupid. Why does college sports, not just college basketball, but football and basketball have their national championships like during the week. It's absolutely ridiculous. They should have the final four games on Friday the 5th and then like the championship on Sunday the 7th. Even though it's a Sunday, it's a weekend. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous how they have these games like uh, during the week. And I get that it's the final four, but why is the final four on Saturday and the national championship on Monday? The final four should be like on Thursday or Friday and then have the national championship on a Saturday. It's unbelievable. And same thing with the college football. They have the, the, um, the playoff games, the semifinals, like on Saturdays, like the New Year's Six Bowls. And then they have the national championship like two, two weeks from that game on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's a national championship. But again, I mean, what are you going to do about it? Um, probably nothing. But if you know, in the meantime, you will have Sweet 16 an elite eight games uh, for this weekend. And before that, during the day tomorrow, the MLB opening day begins tomorrow. <laughs> so with that awkward transition, we move on to the MLB season. Uh, it came out of nowhere, like I said. I was not prepared at all. I, w- I had in mind, I always plan, you know, kind of weeks in advance um, you know, big topics. Like I said, I've been planning since like September, the March Madness special. Uh, you know, you plan ahead for like the beginning of seasons, the NBA, NFL, MLB, to, you know, kind of plan out your division winners, playoffs, all that stuff. And then, you know, throughout the week, there will be some big news stories. And then those are always great because, you know, the kind of improv and those are fresh and exciting. But for the most part, you plan the big segments in advance. 
And the MLB, I had, you know, planned out, okay, we're going to do division winners, postseason, World Series, all that good stuff. But I didn't know when. I just kept thinking in my mind, well, in a few weeks. Uh, baseball's coming up. It's around the corner, but we have some time. And I looked at the calendar, and on ESPN this week, they were broadcasting opening day this Thursday. And I said, what the heck? Like, where did that come from? And I knew, I knew that the MLB season had technically started with the Mariners and the A's. They started that series in Japan. But even still, I still felt like there was time and there was still a few weeks uh you know to prepare and it was more like days and now it's more like hours so we're gonna go ahead and get started with our MLB preseason division winner and I was debating about skipping it because we had planned I mean this was such last minute almost and I thought we can't skip it we got I mean we have time move it to Wednesday and uh, you know let's get these things out there uh so that's what we're gonna do you know as uh rushed as this is and as out of left field no pun intended as this segment is we're going forward. I'm going to be picking all division winners and ranking them all one through five, actually. Uh, and then we're going to be picking postseason series, uh, World Series series, and then the World Series winner. So let's go ahead and get right into that. We're going to start in the AL, which I think uh, you know is a little bit easier to pick, and uh, because the division the divisions aren't as deep as the NL. I feel like the the AL is more like the Western Conference. And that they're much more top-heavy in the Western Conference. You have the, the Warriors, the Rockets, uh, the, the Thunder, who actually at this point might actually miss the playoffs, but they're still a really good team. Uh, and then the Nuggets. And they're kind of, I mean, I would say, honestly, even though the Thunder is like reeling right now, I would say they're a better team than the Nuggets. So it's really only three teams in the Western Conference. But in the Eastern Conference, you have the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, uh, the, the 76ers, uh, the Pacers are really good. I mean, you have a bunch of teams that could potentially get out of the East and win it. And that's kind of like the NL. Uh, the NL has, you know, man, you look at the NL East. The whole NL East basically can win the division. The Braves, the Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals, and then the Marlins are, you know, participating. And the NL Central, you have the Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals, those are three, and then the Reds, you know, they made some big moves, uh, you know, this offseason as well. There's eight teams that are really good. And in the NL West, well, you really have the Dodgers and to a lesser extent the Rockies. But, you know, that's 9 to 10 teams in the NL that are really good. In the AL, all you have is, well, I, I left the page here. I'm looking at it on my computer. In the AL, you have the Red Sox, the Yankees. Uh, and then the Central, you have the Indians. And in the AL West, you have the Astros. That's it. You really only have, like, four truly dominant teams. So it's, I'm, we're going to go ahead and start with the AL because it's just easier to pick divisions. It's really hard to rank all these teams. In the AL East... Uh, let's go from fifth to first. Let's not give away the big meat just yet. Uh, last place in that division, it's going to be the Orioles. You know, they're kind of going in on, on a full-blown Astros-Cubs kind of rebuild. They're blowing it up, and they're building it from, you know, from the ground. And I, I, I get it. So they're not they're not in on this year. Uh, then the Blue Jays in fourth. Uh, you know, they added Ken Giles last year. And that's it. I really don't know how much better that makes them. That's just, you know, kind of a, a, a footnote. I don't think the Blue Jays are going to be competing. They're not going to be comp- uh, competing in that division. Then in third place uh, is probably the best third place team you're going to see in all the MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays. And, you know, the Rays have been, they almost made the playoffs last year. They're a really good team. You know, they're really, I don't like the term slept on, but they really, they're disrespected. You know, they're very underrated. They're one of the best teams, the most consistent teams since. I think it was like 2010, like the only teams since um, 2010 or 2012, I forget which year it is, 
that have had multiple 90-plus win seasons are the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, and the Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays have been one of the more consistent teams throughout the 2010s. I don't think they're, they're, they're better than the Red Sox or the Yankees, but they're a very good team, and they could potentially make you know the playoffs as a wild card, and I think they will. I think the AL East is going to have three teams in the playoffs this year, two wild cards and obviously one division winner, because like I said, the rest of the AL is not very good. And I can't see any other team being better than the Rays um, or any uh, being a better second-place team in any other division. So the first second-place team, I guess you could say, or the first wild-card team, the Boston Red Sox. Now, I know they just won the World Series. I know they just they ran through the playoffs last year. They only lost one game each round. But they did lose Joe Kelly, and they did lose Craig Kimbrell. Now, they still have a great lineup. They have a very deep lineup with Ben Intendi. Uh, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, I get it, but when you lose your two best pitchers out of the bullpen, that has to count for something. It really does, and obviously that only leaves one team left, the New York Yankees, who only added to their bullpen, and the bullpen in in baseball this year is like maybe the most important aspect of your team. It's equivalent to like the offensive line in football. No one really talks about it. It's not the most glamorous, uh, you know, kind of position on the team, but it may be the most important. You look at all the best teams in the NFL, they all have great offensive lines. Look what the offensive line did for the Colts. They went from being one of the worst offensive lines and in a rebuilding team. Then they add like two or three guys, they had a few pieces, and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs and they're winning games. So I think the bullpen is very important in baseball. It really is. And they still have, you know, they have uh, Dylan Patances, Aroldis Chapman, they had Adam Hotovino. They're just, they're re- Zach Britton. They still have Zach Britton. They're, just, they're unbelievable. If they have a lead like in the fifth inning, the game is over. They have a bridge, and they can mix and match. They don't really, they're so good. They don't have a true closer by definition because they can put guys uh, you know, in all different kinds of situations. I think the Yankees are going to be not only the best team in the AL East, but the best team in baseball this year. Uh, I think they win the AL East. But the Red Sox and the, uh, the Rays will be right behind them, and they will be in the playoffs as a wild-card team. Moving on, the AL Central. Now, this is a division where it's not obviously as good as the AL East, but I think it's going to be respectable. I think the AL Central is not going to be as terrible as it was last year. I think they have two teams in there that are going to kind of surprise people. Now, obviously, I don't have them in the playoffs, so take that with a grain of salt, but I think they're going to be better than people are giving them credit for. Um, and last place is going to be, I think the Detroit Tigers are going to be the worst team in that division. And then the next two te- oh, then the White Sox, who have you know this ridiculous farm system, but it hasn't come into fruition for them just yet. You know, sometimes it happens. You got to be patient with. You know, some players are more ready than others, um, and their farm system really hasn't translated to the MLB success that they thought it would just yet. You know, and I think Michael Kopich is going under Tommy John, or he's hurt right now. Um, so there's there's already you know their their ace of the staff is already down. So I think the White Sox are probably second, potentially even the worst. Uh, team in the AL Central but then you have three teams that I think or two teams that I think are going to surprise some people and be better than people are going to give them credit for Uh, in third place in that division the Kansas City Royals I think you know they added Billy Hamilton uh, and they said they're going to be committed to stealing bases and and running around which is kind of a lost art in baseball I don't understand why manufacturing runs and stealing bases and moving runner, I don't understand why that's not a part of the game. Analytics says it's a waste of time and it's it's not worth the extra base. That's that's just baloney to me. That doesn't make any sense. You put so much pressure on the pitcher when you have a, a speed guy at first. They have to constantly be worried about getting their pitch 
to the catch, catcher quicker. They have to make moves to first base. It's constantly on his mind. I don't see how stealing bases is not you know, advantageous in, base, in baseball. I think the Royals are going to surprise some people and kind of bring back stealing bases, and they're going to use that as a weapon this year. Um, I think the Royals are going to come in second place. I mean, third place, excuse me. And in second place, I actually think the Minnesota Twins are going to come in second in that division. Now, they added Marwin Gonzalez. Uh, I know that does, and they added Nelson Cruz. Those are two big bats. And Mar- Marwin Gonzalez, by the way, can play basically every position on the diamond. You know, that adds a lot of, uh, you know, options for their lineup as well. I think they're going to be better. I really think the Minnesota Twins are going to be uh, a respectable team this year. And they have Logan Forsythe still, I, I believe. Um, let me check that really quick before I make those kind of claims. But I think they're going to be... Uh, Logan Forsythe is an American baseball player for the Texas Rangers. So, no, he's not with the Twins anymore. But they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be you know, the second-best team in the AL Central, um, which is not a very competitive division. But I think they're going to be a good team. They're going to be good enough to win some games and come in second, but not good enough to pass the Rays or the Yankees. And that leaves, obviously, first place the Cleveland Indians. They're still the best team in that division uh, with Jose Ramirez. And they kept, they kept all their starters. They were talking about blowing it up and kind of rebuilding and getting rid of Corey Kluber, Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Bauer. And they kept all three. So that got to tell you that has to tell you that the Indians should be all in on this year. I don't think they're better than the Astros or the Yankees or the Red Sox, but they will probably make some moves and I think they should make some moves if they kept all their players. They should probably try to win, you know, as many games or try to win it all this year cuz they kept all their their three best starters. And it, all those three pitchers by the way, if you put them on almost every other staff, those guys are number 1. They're all that good. Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, uh, excuse me, and Carlos Carrasco. They kept all three of those guys, and they still have Francisco Francisco Lindor, uh, Jose Ramirez. So I, you know, they're the best team in that division clearly. But I feel like you have to have a lot of hope for the Indians this year if you're a Cleveland fan because they kept all their guys. You know, they were talking about blowing it up and you know potentially rebuilding, and they didn't. So that should give you some hope. They're going to try and win it this year, uh, but I don't think they're better than the, the big dogs in the AL. Uh, and moving on to the AL West, um, this one's kind of a tough one to pick because, you know, they're a good team. They're, all the teams in this division are pretty evenly matched except for the Astros. Uh, but, again, I don't think they're as good as, you know, the teams in the AL East. Dead last place, I, I think the Texas Rangers are going to come in last. Um, you know, they're rebuilding. It's no, there's no secret about that. And then in second to last place, uh, they lost Angeles Angels of Anaheim or the Anaheim Angels of Anaheim. You know, they signed Mike Trout to this huge deal, as they should, which, I mean, good for them. Good for them for getting Mike Trout now and not waiting till free agency because once you get him out in the open, you know, it's a lot harder to bring back your guys. So they put him on this, uh, you know, this ridiculous contract. I think it was a better contract than the Bryce Harper contract because Bryce Harper, 13 years, no opt-outs, no trades. That was ridiculous. I think the Mike Trout deal is much – I like that one much better. And obviously, Mike Trout is a much better player anyways. So I was going to like that deal no matter what. But, you know, they're, they're not a very good team. You know, he's only been in the playoffs, I think, once in his career. Yeah, once in his whole career, he's only been in the playoffs. You know, there's a reason for that. It's not because of Mike Trout. The Angels are not a very good team. I think they'll come in second to last in that division. Then the Mariners, they're already off, they're already off to a 2-0 start because of that um, series in Japan against the A's. Uh, they've won those first two games. I think they'll come in third. Uh, you know, they kind of sold some stock this year. They, they sold uh, James pa- Paxton and Edwin Diaz. And then they signed uh, Junichi, uh, no, excuse me, uh-oh, Kikuchi. What's his first name? 
I can't, I can't and I can't even type his name. But then they they signed uh, the Japanese pitcher. Yes, I did mean Kikuchi. Well, that Yusei Kikuchi, that's his name. His name is Yusei Kikuchi. Um, you know, and this show is obviously very great at uh, getting getting names right. But anyway, they they get rid of James Paxton, they get rid of uh, Edwin Diaz, Robinson Cano, and then they bring in Yusei Kikuchi, who's a great player. So I don't understand what direction the Mariners are going in. You know, it seemed like they were kind of they were kind of selling and rebuilding, and then they bring in a a, a number one starter. So that was a little bit confusing. Uh, I think they'll be good enough for third best in the, in the division. Uh, if they kept those other guys, they'd probably probably be gunning for for best team in the AL West, quite honestly. Uh, but they're not, so they're not. Uh, second place in that division, the Oakland A's. I really like the Oakland A's, uh, but they lose Sean Manaya to Tommy John this year, and that was a problem. They went to that wild card game last year, and they got blown up at Yankee Stadium because they wanted to go with the opener and and bullpen for a game. So their pitching wasn't great to begin with, especially their starting pitching. Um, and then it got worse because they lose their best guy in the staff, Sean Manaya. I still like their bullpen. Uh, they have Blake Trinan, who's one of the, I think has to be like top three or top five closes in the game. Blake Trinan is, is really underrated. The whole, the whole Oakland A's roster is really underrated. They're going to have a good lineup. They still have Crush Davis, Matt Chapman, uh, Matt Olson. Matt Chapman is one of my favorite players in all of baseball. I love Matt Chapman. He's so much fun to watch. He does it all. He can play. He's probably the best defensive third baseman in the AL, and that's including Alex Bregman. Um, and he's got a he's got a power bat. And they have Chris Davis, who was a home run champ last year. I think the two-time reigning home run champ. He's he's a lot of fun to watch. But they're not better than the first place team in the West, the Houston Astros. And the Astros they lost. And here's what's scary about the Astros: they lost three pitchers. Okay, they lost Dallas Keuchel. Lance McCullers is out for the year, and then they lose Charlie Morton as well. Uh, going back to the the Rays, the Rays were good. They almost made the uh, playoffs last year, and then they add Charlie Morton, complimenting Blake Snell. Um, I really, really like the Rays to make the playoffs this year. But anyway, back to the Astros. They lose three starters, and they're still definitively the best team in the AL West. And they're in the. I think because they lose those three starters, they're a little bit. I'm not as high on them as I was last year. Uh, but they still have Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. It's not like their pitching staff is suddenly terrible. It's just not as deep as it was last year. And they still have potential to sign Dallas Keuchel. Um, he hasn't signed. He's still a free agent. No, he hasn't signed with anyone. Um, but he's looking for, really for the right deal for himself. So, you know, that's a completely different story. Um, they could, So they could still potentially bring back Dallas Keuchel if they're willing to spend. Or they could, you know, uh, possibly make a trade at the deadline. Kind of like they did with Justin Verlander a few years ago. And oh, by the way, they just signed Justin Verlander to a two-year extension. Uh, and then they had that unbelievable lineup. That lineup's just ridiculous. Bregman, Altuve, Springer, Correa. It's, it's unbelievable. And then they added Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley is going to be a problem in Houston this year. Mark my words. I think they're going to be really, really good. They're going to win the AL West. So those are all your champions in the American League. Now on to the National League. Let's start with the National League West first because that's the easiest one of the bunch. Uh, in last place, the San Francisco Giants. Now they're really confused what they want to do. They kind of they were trying to go in for they were trying to win last year. They bring in, or is it two years ago, Andrew McCutcheon, Evan Longoria. Then they said, forget it, it's not going to work. We're going to rebuild. And they bring in Farhan Zaidi. Then they said, no, just kidding. We are trying to win. They tried to sign Bryce Harper. They didn't. Uh, obviously, they didn't sign him. So now they're rebuilding again. Uh, this is Bruce Bochy's. His swan song, he's going out. He's already announced he's retiring this year. San, the San Francisco Giants are just a mess right now. Uh, 
they're going to come in last in the West. Uh, second to last, I guess, fourth place, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They lost a lot of stock this year as well. They lose Paul Goldschmidt. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to be very good uh, either. They lose Patrick Corbin. I mean, those are two of their best players gone all of a sudden. So I think they're going to come in uh, fourth. Uh, and then in third place, the San Diego Padres. Now, when they signed Manny Machado, I kind of just said, whatever. I didn't think that made them much better. I mean, obviously, he's a great player. No doubt about it. It did make them better. But similar to Antonio Brown of the Raiders, I didn't think this made them that much. Like, I didn't think it elevated their, their expectations as a team. I didn't think that this made them a playoff team or a division contender. Similar to the Raiders, I, don't, I think this makes their team better, but it doesn't elevate their expectations. Uh, but I do think, you know, in the division this year, the NL West last year was like, it was unbelievable. And then two years ago, they had three teams in the playoffs. They had the Dodgers, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. And then last year, you had all those three teams fighting for the, the division title, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and the Dodgers. And it came down to game uh, 163 at Dodger Stadium between the Rockies and the Dodgers, and uh, which the Dodgers uh, inevitably won. But this year, I don't feel it's, it's going to be as contested. I think the Diamondbacks are going to drop down. To, or excuse me, I think the Padres, are, because it's not as tightly contested, I actually think they jump up to third place here. Um, and I guess that's the Manny Machado effect. You know, the, the, the Giants got worse, the Diamondbacks got worse, and the Padres got better. So I think, and then they add their number one prospect, Fernando Tatis, or Tatis, well, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm, I'm aggressively white i will say it now that I, I i have i'm not very good at pronouncing last names as you as you've already seen with you kikuchi so please give me a pass on this one but they add their number one prospect they add manny machado uh, i think the Padres are going to be respectable though not contending for a division title and then in second place in the nl west the colorado rockies uh, i love the daniel murphy acquisition i think he's going to be ridiculous at coors field um and they replace him or they replaced DJ LeMahieu with Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy's a great left-handed batter, but I don't think he's the same caliber player as DJ LeMahieu, specifically defensively. DJ LeMahieu's coming off a gold glove season. He's a great, he's more, he's a more sound baseball player than is uh, Daniel Murphy. And I don't think, I just don't think they're better than the Dodgers. I have the Dodgers winning the NL West. I don't think this is another, a third straight World Series trip for the Dodgers. I will say that. I just can't. It's it's really hard to fathom a team going to a three straight World Series, whether they've won or lost the first two. It's really hard to go to three straight World Series. But I do think the Dodgers are good enough to win the NL West. They add uh, Joe Kelly. They they kind of they made their bullpen a little bit deep, deeper. Kenley Jansen uh, addressed his heart issues in the offseason. He should be better. But they are missing. Uh, they add Corey Seager. He's back and he's ready to play opening day. But they are missing. Another left-hander that is like the most important player on their whole team, one Clayton Kershaw. He's uh, already has a shoulder inflammation. He hasn't just showed signs of, of declining. He has he is declining. Okay, and it's really not so much his performance. It's his it's his injury history. Um, but they're they're still a really good team. I mean, it, I'm painting a picture like they're they're falling apart. They're not, but I don't think they're good enough. To make it to the World Series, I think the rest of the NL has caught up to them and potentially passed them. Uh, They're the highest ranked NL team in the MLB power rankings, which I think they should be. As of right this second, I think they're the best team in the NL. Or maybe not, I wouldn't go that far, but they're the best team in the NL West, undoubtedly. They will make the playoffs. 
possibly win the first, you know, win that first series, but I don't see them going back to the World Series. Um, so let's go ahead and get into those other teams that could potentially beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. I guess we'll start with the NL Central. We're going from easiest to hardest because the NL East is going to be really tough to kind of predict. Um, in last place, now a lot of people are saying a lot of people have the Cubs in last place, and that's, I cannot get behind that one bit. Um, I have the Pirates in last place only by process of elimination um, because the Reds they did make moves. I don't think they're going to be competing for a division title. Will the Reds? But they will be better. Um, you know, they add Puig, obviously Matt Kemp, Alex Wood, Sonny Gray. They made a lot of moves this offseason. I don't think I don't think they're the worst team in that division, but I don't think they're as good as the top. I have the Pirates in fifth, the Reds in fourth, and then in third, I do have the Chicago Cubs. It is really tough. I mean, they had they hosted a wild card game last year, one that they probably should have won. They lost to the Rockies, and all of a sudden now to think that they go from World Series a few years a few years removed and now they're missing the playoffs it it's kind of it's such a quick turnaround but I don't think they're better than the Brewers or the Cardinals I really don't I think the Cardinals are going to make a huge leap uh the Brewers will come in second in that division so I do have the Cardinals winning the NL Central this year I think they added Paul Goldschmidt he's probably going to be an MVP candidate as he normally is anyway but you put him in that uh you know you put him in Bush Stadium they have a better starting rotation than the Brewers Obviously, the Brewers have a better bullpen, um, but I like Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals win the NL Central. The Brewers get in that wild card spot, uh, and then the Pirates coming out in last place, and the Reds right behind the Cubs. Now, here's the hardest one. Here's the absolute hardest division in all of baseball to pick because literally four out of the five teams can win it. Uh, let's get rid of the one team, the Marlins. They're coming in last place. Jeter's the worst GM in all the sports. Um well, maybe not all the sports because I say that about a lot of GMs, but he's bad. Derek Jeter is terrible. He does not know how to run his team. It, it, he's, it doesn't seem like he has a true rebuilding plan like like the Astros did. Like They had a, they had a true plan to rebuild. The Marlins are a mess. Um, so that leaves you know the Nationals, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets, who all got better. They All of them added. Uh, well, maybe, Yeah, all of them added because uh, the Braves added Josh Donaldson. So every single one of those teams got better in the offseason. So it's really hard to pick one who who made the best moves. And it's really hard to put one of those teams in fourth place because all these teams are going to be really, really good. If I had to pick one, I would have to say the Nationals. I would have to say the Nationals are the fourth best team in that division. I'd put them right above the Marlins. They added Patrick Corbin. Obviously, they have Max Scherzer um, and Steven Strasburg. But, you know, you lose Bryce Harper, a huge stick in the lineup. I get that they have Juan Soto, but I can't put... It's not even so much that I'm low on the Nationals that I I can't put them above the other teams in the East. Those teams are really, really good. I can't can't put the Nationals above uh, either of those teams. Potentially the Nationals, uh, looking at Craig Kimbrell, but actually Craig Kimbrell is linked to the Brewers, which would just make their bullpen even more ridiculous, going back to the NL Central. But... You know, if the Nationals were to add Craig Kimbrell, I'd probably give them a little bit more respect, but I still wouldn't project, I wouldn't propel them to the wild card or winning the division. I still would. I think the other teams are better. Um, so that, in third place, we have still, so who do we have still? The Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves. I'm going to have to put the Mets there. And this is, this is really tough. I'm telling you, the NL East is the hardest division to pick out of all these because the Mets, they get back, uh, they, obviously they have the two 
monsters, DeGrom and Syndergaard. Then they add Edwin Diaz and they add Robinson Cano, um, but they weren't very good last year. And they had Noah Syndergaard. It wasn't, the Mets have had in so many injury problems throughout the year, but they had Jacob DeGrom all year long. They had Syndergaard for most of the season, um, and, they, but, and their bullpen was terrible, which they added a closer. I don't know how good the bridge to Edwin Diaz is. I'm going to have to put the Mets at third, um, leaving the Braves and the Phillies. And I think the Phillies win the division. Now, I said earlier when they signed Bryce Harper, it wasn't just because they signed Bryce Harper. They made so many other moves you know, prior to that. JT Real Muto, Gene Segura, um, David Robertson. I feel like the Phillies are the most well-rounded team in the division. And the Braves, like I said, they got they were good last year and they got better with Josh Donaldson. They will make the wild card. Um, the Phillies will win the division. I just think that, and they're one starter away from being like World Series contender. I still think they could probably make the World Series as they are currently. Uh, and then if they were to add a starter at the trade deadline, that would just make them even better. Uh, so I have the, the Phillies winning the NL East with the Braves coming in second and the Mets right behind them. Uh, since we've gone already to 25 minutes, we're not going to do a complete postseason, I guess, bracket prediction. But so who do we have so far? Let's type it out. So in the East or in the AL, we have who are our, who are our playoff teams? We have the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Rays, the Indians, and then who else? Who's our other team? Who's our other wildcard team? Oh, the Astros. Duh. Okay, so that is one, two, three, four, five. Who's our other team? The Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, Indians. The Reds won. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get out all of our teams now to potentially do a postseason bracket. Okay, so there's a, there's our team. Those are playoff teams in the AL and in the NL. We have. Let's see. The Dodgers. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Phillies. Now, one, two, three, four. Oh, the Cardinals, Phillies. Oh, and the Braves, of course. Now, I think, like I said, in the AL, the Yankees are going to have the best record. I think they will be the one seed, meaning they will play. Again, we get another potentially Red Sox-Yankees postseason series, which I think is probably more likely. Um It'll be interesting to see the in a wild card game the Red Sox and the Rays because you get Sale and you get Snell. I mean, those are two of the nastiest pitchers in all of baseball. Um, but the Red Sox lineup is a little bit deeper than the Rays, so I would pick the I would pick the Red Sox in a wild card in a one game series. It'd probably be hosted uh, in Fenway, so I, I would have to go with the Red Sox. So you get the Yankees and the Red Sox, and then you'd get the Indians and the Astros. Um, and again, I have the Yankees going to the World Series, so I think they would beat the Red Sox this time, or you know, conversely to last year. The Astros, again, would probably demolish the Indians like they did. It'd be a very similar bracket to what we saw in the AL last year, um, but conversely, we'd have the Yankees and the Astros, not the Red Sox and the Astros, and I think the Yankees are a better team than, than the Astros. I really do. They're similar, and they have a lot of power in both of their lineups, but they're different because the, the Astros have better starting pitching, but the Yankees, I mean, have a way better bullpen. I think that's going to, you know, take a toll on the Astros, especially over a seven-game series. I think the Yankees get to the World Series. Um, who's going to have the best record in the NL? I'd have to say it's going to be the Cardinals because they're going to have to keep away the Brewers and, and the Cubs. 
And I think I think the Cardinals are this is like their year. They got a lot better. They were young last year. They're kind of a year ahead of schedule last year. And I, I really like those teams. I like those teams that are young, but you know, each year they get progressively better. Then they add Paul Gold Paul Goldschmidt. I think the Cardinals will have the best record in all the N- in NL. I almost said the NFL. Um, and then the Phillies and the Dodgers in the next two. And then you have the Brewers and the Braves in the wild card. I would have to take the Brewers again because, I mean, that's a team that I could see using a bullpen in a one-game playoff, in a wild card. Because, I mean, they have they did it to the Dodgers. They had uh, uh, Wade Miley pitched like one batter, and then they bullpen the rest of the game. I think it was like game five or game four at Dodger Stadium. So they've already, they've already done it. But in a one-game do-or-die scenario, I'm taking the Brewers over the Braves. You know, they could start with Josh Hader and let him go like two or three innings, and it's over. They get one run, the game is over. So I'm taking the Brewers. They will face off against their division rival, the Cardinals, and then the Dodgers and the Phillies. You know, I had the Phillies going to the World Series. So I, I could see the Phillies knocking off the Dodgers in the first round. And they're probably going to have home field advantage I could see the Phillies having a better record than the Dodgers but you can go the other way because the Dodgers are going to be in a much better or excuse me in a much worse division they would have a better record than the Phillies but I think the Phillies are a better team than the Dodgers and they're much younger um, meaning they're going to be much more healthy come October uh, I'd like to see you know game one of that game one of that series who the Dodgers would throw out against uh, Aaron Nola would they throw out Clayton Kershaw or would they throw out Potentially Walker Bueller in a game one. That would be a huge, huge statement by the Dodgers. That'd be really, really interesting to see. But I think the Phillies would be better than the Dodgers over, you know, especially in an abbreviated series. I think they knocked them out in the first round. Uh, so you have the Cardinals and the Brewers. And then, well, we have the, we already advanced the Phillies. I think the Cardinals beat the Brewers in that series. I think they're much better. I think the Cardinals are like one of the best teams and potentially a World Series contender out of the NL. And see, this is why the NL is so tough, because they have so many good teams. Any one of those teams, you, if you the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Phillies, the Braves, any one of those teams can make the World Series. Honestly, I mean, they're all that good. And then look at the teams that didn't even make it. The Mets, the Nationals, the Cubs. I mean, the NL is just so deep. I'm sticking with what I said a few weeks ago um, when Bryce Harper signed. The Yankees and the Phillies in the World Series... And because the Yankees have most more postseason experience than the Phillies do, because the Phillies are a pretty young roster, I'd have to give it to the Yankees. I'm picking the Yankees to win the World Series. Uh, and they're currently the favorite, actually, which makes me a little bit scared because it's very rare that the favorite you know, to win the World Series or any championship preseason actually wins it in the end. But as of right now, the, I feel like the Yankees are the best team top to bottom. In all of baseball, I think they win number 28, and they are your 2019 World Series champions uh, of baseball. So there, there you have it. That's our show for this week. No quote of the week, unfortunately. Again, there will definitely be one next week because we didn't have one last week either. Um, you can listen on Apple Podcast. You can listen on Anchor Podcast, Spotify, or wherever great podcasts are sold. Enjoy the games this weekend. I cannot wait for opening day tomorrow. It starts pretty early in the day, and then there's baseball, obviously, all throughout the night. And then at starting at 7 uh, p.m. Eastern, March Madness starts back up. So this is going to be a great week in the sport. It's going to be fantastic. Find a TV. Enjoy the games. And I will talk to you next week. Potentially, and I'm, pretty, I'm hoping, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on a Thursday back to normal. Uh, I hope this 
kind of new schedule, you know, the, on a Wednesday didn't bother you too much, but I hope you understand last week's March Madness and then tomorrow opening day. I want to watch these games. You know, I got to be honest. I want to watch these games. Uh, last week it was March Madness and then tomorrow there's great baseball games on. You're seeing all the aces. We have two ridiculous uh, game ones tomorrow. Jacob DeGrom against Max Scherzer and then Blake Snell against Justin Verlander. I mean, just the, the opening day is fantastic. It's, it's just a great it's a great event. It's all, it almost feels like a holiday. You know, baseball is like one of the true, it's America's pastime. It's going to be a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the games, and I will talk to you next week.